Hey friends, this podcast is for mamas who are the chaos coordinator of their families and want to keep a piece of yourself amongst it all. You're interested in nutrition, exercise, being inspired and motivated to stay true to who you are amongst it all. You're riding right alongside me as the passenger in my car seat and we are chatting it up like we're besties and we are not holding it back. We will keep it real You will hear my kids in the background at times, and that is just the way life rolls, right? So let's be real, redefine yourself, and join us on this journey. Hey, 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 good morning, good day, everyone. This is Dr. Sherry, orthopedic physical therapist, mom of three boys. Today, we're going to talk about chronic hip tightness or even stiffness, depending on how that presents for you. So sometimes we feel it more as, hey, I just feel really stiff. And then other times, like if you are exercising, say you're doing squats, even sitting in the car, sometimes you can just feel like a tightness in your hips. I wanna talk to you a little bit about different things that can cause that, because understanding that will help guide you on making some decisions and some little day-to-day things that might make that feel better for you. It's probably something, okay, this is like not a statistic that is proven. This is just my pure guesstimate. I would say 90% of people have some form of hip stiffness and tightness. Um, And it's just from our culture. We sit so much. We sit in the car, we sit at work, we sit at home. Um, If you are a mom of a young one, you are making snacks constantly. So to sit with the kiddos while they're having snacks, it seems like you're constantly in the kitchen and you never leave the kitchen, right? Um, I know my son is going through a growth spurt right now. And my goodness, I feel like we do a snack and I think he's eaten a lot. And that's like 20 minutes later, he's reaching for food again and he's hungry and we do another snack. Um... It's to the point that I'm starting to make sure the dog gets put away during our snack time because I'm not certain that my son is eating all the food and I have a suspicion that our golden retriever um, is getting a lot more of it. (laughs) So if he's around, my son just thinks, oh, I'll share. I need to share with you. And he automatically shares. So... If you're like me and that's the stage that you're currently in with any of yours, you know you're sitting a lot because you're sitting and talking and entertaining and everything while they're eating more snacks. Um, Or if you're just at a I work all day long stage, then same thing. So often we're stuck sitting. Runners also chronically tend to get hip tightness because... A lot of running is a lot of hip flexion repeated over and over, and we just tend to get tight. Um, Historically, runners don't tend to like to stretch. It's a matter of I only have so much time, and that time needs to be allotted. I have 60 minutes. That means I can run 50 of those, and I have five minutes to get to and from. Um, And then, you know, a certain amount to shower quick if I even get a shower before the next thing. Um, that's kind of the runner's life and method and I get that totally Um, so what to do when you have tight hips kind of what's causing it let's dive into that oftentimes we think we just need to stretch 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 
and now with the mobility I almost call it a fetish like being mobile is important I'm glad everyone's looking at that it's not always flexibility um, most mobility things though characteristically are working on your flexibility um, just in a manner that's not necessarily a stretching but you're still targeting muscle typically when I use the word mobility I'm referring more to how a joint itself moves so say the shoulder like the ball and socket portion of a joint that's more of what I refer to as mobility um, just in my professional terminology but what I want to convey is if you feel like you're stretching your working trigger points your roll foam rolling and you're doing all of these things over and over for your hips and it doesn't seem to stay like you just aren't getting the lasting effects it can be a handful of things and maybe we'll dive into a whole episode on how to stretch like how long to hold it and that sort of thing um we'll look at that too I'll make a mental note for that. What it often is, is a muscle, if it's chronically tight, it's typically kind of one of three things. It's either a movement pattern that you've picked up over time that then is leading you to have a shortened position of the muscle. Um, perfect example of this is kind of what can be termed mom posture so when you are pregnant all of the weight is forward in your belly with the baby right so that naturally tilts your pelvis forward so if you would put your hands on your hip bones and you're holding kind of you know your thumb towards the back of it and your fingertips at your hip bone if you think about shortening that muscle and rolling that forward like it'd be tipping it towards the floor so think if you're holding a glass and you'd want to pour that glass out and you tip that like you're going to tip it to drink or to pour it out that kind of motion of moving the pelvis forward is the position that is typically held by most pregnant women and it's just because the weight is forward and we stay forward well we tend to keep that same exact posture after pregnancy and years after pregnancy I mean some people keep it for 20 years after pregnancy some just a couple years it varies Um, but this shortened position of the hip flexor muscles often cause a lot of hip tightness Um, so first thing you can do is kind of check your posture are you really like tilting forward or are you more in a neutral You don't want to be all the way like rolled back like you're tucking your butt in Um, because if you're doing that you're probably squeezing your glutes at rest which means you're also squeezing your pelvic floor muscles at rest and you need to let those muscles have like a relaxation phase and that's very important to not develop incontinence um, bladder leaking issues so just be mindful of that you don't want to go to the opposite side of the pendulum swing What you want to do though is, so first check your posture, see if you have like that mom posture where from pregnancy you just kind of stayed there because your abs were weak, they were stretched out, they were elongated of a muscle, um, and you just never really shortened those back up as far as your abdominal muscles. 
So posture-wise, naturally, it's going to come from the pelvis instead. So that can be one reason. The second reason is if it's chronically tight and you stretch and stretch, you do everything, it just doesn't seem to give you any change, it might be a muscle that's being overworked. So maybe your hip flexors are overworked. They are strong and they're now providing the stability for the pelvis. So after pregnancy and during pregnancy, we often get a lot of outer hip weakness. If the gluteus medius and gluteus minimus, which are glute muscles, but they're a little bit more towards the sides of the legs. So think about like those magazine pictures of the bikini models. Honestly, they're probably like 16 or 17. Um, You don't see most of us in our 30s on those covers. Um, But where it has not quite the dimple, but kind of that arch kind of imprint. I don't know what to term it. Um, on the side of the leg towards the glute. That is where gluteus minimus and medius are. If those are developed, that's what gives you that definition. Um, But their main job is for stabilizing the pelvis. So if you're a runner, those muscles are critical in order to take some of the load off the knees. Often people are very weak in these areas and that leads to a lot of knee pain. Um, For anyone, not just runners but runners have a phase of running where it's basically a single leg activity over and over and if they're not strong on one leg um, then it it presents a lot more as knee pain um, and puts more forces onto the knee joint itself so if it's an overworked muscle why is it overworked typically it's overworked because there is the weakness at the gluteus medius and minimus um So like the side leg lifts. So think like, maybe I'm showing my age. I remember back in the day when my mom did Jane Fonda VHS tapes. Um, I'm totally showing my age. (laughs) But I know some of you guys are with me. Hey, I even have Buns of Steel on DVD. And like, it is still a great workout. Um, So if you have like any of those in your archives or you pick one up at Goodwill and you even have a DVD player... Uh, am I showing my age even more? Um, I know some of you are in your 30s along with me, so I know I'm not alone in this. Um, but those kinds of lay on your side leg lifts are helpful. It just you have to make sure you get the right angle with it. Um, check out my Instagram by chance um, at athletity a t h l a t i t y. I'll throw up a video of it just to give like a visual because. It's really hard to just describe by words. Um, But look for that on there, and I'll throw that up there later today for you guys. Um, So first thing is the posture. Second thing is if it's overworked, and that's usually it's staying tight because it's overworked, and it's trying to compensate and provide stability um, for weaker muscles that aren't doing their job. They're not doing their part. Your body's going to find a way to do it, if the others aren't holding up their end, it's gonna still manage to do it. Our bodies are amazing, they are strong, and they will find a way to get it done regardless. Um, But you can help optimize it, and you can help not feel so much stiffness from that. Um, Okay, so first we talked on 
kind of posture and hip position if you have that anterior pelvic tilt is what that's considered as like the medical jargon for it um, the second thing is if it's overworked and then the third thing if it's chronically tight is you might just not be stretching effectively um, or you might just be sitting too much to where it truly is shortened and it just needs to be lengthened um, and that's as simple as adding a good stretching routine if you don't like taking five minutes to like lay on your floor and do some stretches at bedtime because um, that's all it can take is like give yourself two to five minutes to lay and like stretch out at the end of the day and that will make a huge 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 difference um, long term for you other things I love that help open up your hips, a lot of yoga does. So if there's any form of yoga you like, I actually really enjoy the Payo workouts um, put out by Beachbody. They are fabulous for opening up the hips. Um, when you have really tight hips, just the flow pattern of that is a really optimal workout for getting that. So if you're curious about it, um, check that out and I'm trying to think if there's anything else those are like the top three sometimes someone may have some actual like hip joint stiffness and limitation but it's not very common um, unless you're someone that has osteoarthritis you're much older in age I would say for women that doesn't onset until later like it's a later onset but a more rapid onset than men um, and that osteoarthritis type of stiffness would probably be more later 50s, early 60s. Um, the average hip replacement age tends to be kind of mid-60s and up. Um, it used to most commonly be if someone fractured their hip. Oddly enough, you can decide if it's a coincidence. I think most... Um, hip replacement and knee replacement, the age is what it is because people just got Medicare. Just a thought, and it's nothing against the people, not at all. I think doctors look at it and they say, oh, you have Medicare, it will pay for this. Let's just do this joint replacement surgery. Um, but replacing a joint is a huge ordeal, and they don't make it out to be that. They just tell people, hey, I can make you feel great. I can make you feel better. They don't tell people it's like a one to two year recovery time every single day. Um, they don't really explain to people that they're sawing off your bone in order to use a drill and drill a metal component in. Um, like they don't go into those things because they don't want to scare people but yet people have no idea the trauma that they're signing up for. But that's a soapbox for another day. Um, I just wish there was transparency. I am so, so big on transparency. Like, just explain things. Let people make their own decisions. Let people know what is going on. That's the case with pregnancy and delivery, and that's the case with any kind of surgery. Um... But having the tools and the knowledge to make an educated decision for yourself 
is so key. Like, I'm so big on that. So, so big. I want you to be able to take care of your body, heal your body, and to teach you how to do that. And that's what I'm trying to do here with Redefine Yourself. If this episode gave you a tidbit or two of what you can do to ease some of that hip tightness, share it out either on Facebook, on Instagram, let a friend know, hey, like, check out this podcast. The more women and moms that we can reach, the better. And that's all we want to do. Let's bind together as a community, be a village, and help each other out because we're in this for the long haul. And I want you to be your best self and using your body and having your body be able to move the way that you want it to is so key for that. So I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Take one thing out of this that you just heard and say, I'm going to go do this and make it happen today so that you can make it happen into your daily plan and it can just help improve your life. So have a great day and I hope to catch you on the next episode. See ya.